Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, it's the real Jason Duncan. You can call me JD. Here with you on a solo episode of The Root of All Success. And I'm going to be talking today, we're going to go beyond the law of reciprocity. And I'm going to explain to you uh, something called the law of exchange. So I want you to imagine for a minute, have you ever experienced a moment in your life where a simple act of kindness led to an unexpected abundance of blessings? Now imagine if you could harness that power in all of your interactions, where one act of kindness turns into abundance of blessings on the backside. Today, as I said in the show, we're going to explore something called the law of exchange, which is a concept that transcends the law of reciprocity, this traditional idea that if you give, you get. Uh, And I'm going to show you how to unlock the path to abundance with this simple universal law. And it's one of the most powerful and and frequently used laws in the universe, even though you may have never heard of it before. I'm really big, if you follow me in any any at all, I'm really big on universal laws because I believe that God created the heavens and the earth. And when he did, all these laws were immediately put into place. For instance, the law of gravity has been around since the beginning of time, even though it was not until the, what, 1400s or whenever it was, 12, I don't remember when Isaac Newton lived, but when he was sitting under the apple tree and the apple fell and he discovered, so to speak, the law of gravity. Just because we didn't know it and didn't understand it until he wrote about it doesn't mean it didn't exist, nor did it mean that we weren't subject to the the consequences of breaking the law. But once we understood the law of gravity, we were able to leverage that and harness the power of the law of gravity to our benefit. And that's how the Wright brothers were able to invent flight you know, for humans and airplanes because they leveraged the law of gravity. So this, like every other law, is a universal law that's been around since the beginning of time. Whether you'd heard about it or not, it is here. It's called the law of exchange. And this law applies to business. It applies to family bonds. It applies to friendships. It applies to all other relationships. And it can aid you in growing a large client base. It can aid you in your personal level of influence. And the best part is that it can aid you in a way that you don't have to spend any money to do it. It, it's, It's almost as if you can double your revenue, double your profit, double your margins without really spending any money. And I'm going to show you how you can do that. So this law of exchange I'm going to be teaching you today in this podcast is something that goes beyond reciprocity, but it encompasses generosity it encompasses fairness it encompasses abundance. Now, if you're familiar with the law of reciprocity, the law of reciprocity states that when you do something for someone, the law of reciprocity states 
that the other person is under obligation to do something in return. And it's not obligation in a sense of guilt. It's just the way we're wired. If somebody does, somebody does something nice to you, you would usually in turn do something nice for them. That's called, that's how the law of reciprocity works. But the law of exchange expands upon that significantly and really uncovers the depths of what it means. It, the, the law of reciprocity is in fact, universal law, as is the law of exchange. They are similar, but different in many aspects. So if you're going to listen to this show today, I, I would encourage you to take notes. This would be one that you'd want to write some stuff down. So grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, grab your iPad, grab your phone and take a few notes. There are four types of exchange, which is an exchange is the act of giving and receiving value back and forth. And there are four types of exchange. And I'm going to explore all four types of these exchange in the law of exchange. And I'm going to list them out for you now. And then we're going to do a deep dive as we go into the show. Number one, there's something called criminal exchange. Number two, there's something called partial exchange. And if you think about these, as I go through all four of these, if you can think about them building, like the criminal exchange is the lowest level of exchange, the worst kind. Partial is one step above that. And then the third type is called fair exchange. And then the fourth type is abundance exchange. And that's where, that's where things start to really, really happen. And this goes beyond the law of reciprocity. I'm going to start by telling you a story. And uh, I'm going to tell a story about a man at an airport. And what happened with this man in the airport will illustrate all four parts of this idea of the level of exchange. So imagine for a minute, just like you've ever been to an airport and your flight gets delayed and you don't know what to do. So you go around trying to find a table at a restaurant or a bar where you can sit down, have a drink, have something to eat and do some work while you're waiting for the delayed flight to show up. And so as this man is doing this, he's waiting for his flight. He sits at a table with just two chairs in a very crowded restaurant at the airport. He takes out his ink pen and a notepad and he begins making notes, sipping on his favorite cocktail as he waits. Now, the pen that he's using is a very expensive pen, a very nice pen. It's evident to all who would see it. It's not your normal Bic ink pen. It is a very nice pen. And as he's looking at the pen, he can feel how well it writes. And he's very proud of having such a nice, expensive pen. And then he thinks for a moment about the fact that you know, he rewarded himself with this pen when he closed a big deal about a year ago. And so he was thinking about and remembering that deal that he closed and he's writing his notes and he's planning for the rest of his meetings for the rest of the week. Well, as it was, there's another businessman in a similar situation whose flight was delayed and he too was looking for a place just to relax and sit down as he waited on his flight. So the second man is walking through the restaurant and there are no tables available. And one of the only chairs available is the other chair at the first man's table. So it goes up to the man with a pen. And he says, hey, buddy, do you mind if I sit at the table with you while I'm waiting on my flight? And the guy says, no, no problem. Go ahead and have a seat. So the two men sit down and they exchange pleasantries, just like any two businessmen would do in an airport in a similar situation. And the second man notices the pen. And he says, wow, that looks like a really nice pen. And the first man says, yeah, it, it really is. Here, take a look at it. And he hands it to him. And, you know, the first thing we all do with a pen when we grab it is we write our name. And so the second man wrote his name down. And he, too, was impressed with the fluidity of the writing of the pen, the comfort of how it held, how he held it in his hand. 
and he really liked the way it looked. And the first man explained, you know, why he bought it. And it was kind of a splurge. And, you know, so the second man said, listen, I love this pen. I'll buy this pen. Let me buy this pen from you. And the first man said, no, 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 no. This is my pen. He goes, no, no, I insist. I want to, I really like this pen. I've been wanting one like this. You've got it. Let me buy this pen. Now I'm going to use this story and what happens next to illustrate all four types of exchange and what happens next in the story. So I want you to remember the story of the pen and the two men in the airport, and I'm going to revisit this as we go through the podcast today. So the first level of exchange, the lowest level of exchange is criminal exchange. So I'm going to talk about what criminal exchange is, and I'm going to use, I'm going to go back to that story and use it as an example to explain what would have happened in that moment between those two men and the pen to illustrate what criminal exchange looks like. So criminal exchange is when you give value to someone else and you demand nothing in return or you get nothing in return when something would have been expected to be in return. Now, there is a point of clarification here. I think it's important to point out is that an exchange that we're talking about today in this law is not gifts. You know, it, for example, at Christmas time, it is traditional that we give gifts to other people. At birthdays, we give gifts to people. That is not, there is not a reciprocity, nor is there an exchange that is required with gift giving. It is, I give value and that's it. It's done, except for maybe the expectation of a thank you card. There is no value that needs to be exchanged back and forth. And that's not what we're talking about. A criminal exchange is when you give a, something of value, whether a service or a product, to someone, including your time with the expectation of a return, but you don't get it. There is no value exchange. So I give something of value to you and you give nothing in return to me. That is a criminal exchange. And when you do this, you damage relationships and, and you'll find it hard to repair them. Now, let me, let me go back to, uh, well, well, before I, let me go, before I go into that, let me, let me talk about what happens. Let me talk about what happens when you participate in criminal exchange. If you are the one giving the value and the person you're giving it to doesn't return it, here's what happens. At first, the people that you give value to in a criminal exchange are going to appreciate the gift. They're going to think this is, they think it's a gift. It's not really, it was an exchange, but they're going to think they're going to look at it as a gift and go, wow, this is great. I got something for nothing. But then that appreciation will eventually turn into guilt and they will look at this and go, well, I feel guilty that the guy gave me this stuff and I really do anything for it. And the way they work through that guilt is the guilt then turns into contempt and they begin telling themselves a story to justify the fact that they're not a criminal. They didn't take anything without paying for it. And so it must be the other person had an ulterior motive and they hold that other person in contempt. So remember the story of the pen. So let's think about what happens. So man one with the pen is sitting there writing. The second man comes up and offers to buy the pen. So in a criminal exchange, here's what that would have looked like. So the two men agree on a certain number of exchange. Let's say that they were, he was going to sell the pen for $500. I'm just choosing a number. He's going to sell the pen for $500. So the second man pulls five $100 bills and hands it to the first man. The first man takes the 500 and puts it in his pocket and with the pen gets up and leaves, leaving the man, the second man without the $500 and without the pen. That is the definition of criminal exchange. It's easy to see. It's an illustration, of course, of criminal exchange. It's easy to see that the second man gave value with the expectation of something to be returned and nothing was returned. The first man is a criminal. Now, we're not talking criminal in legal sense, although you might be arguing, well, that is legally he stole $500 from the guy. Maybe, maybe not. 
But in criminal exchange, we're not talking about law and legal criminals. We're talking about someone who takes value and gives nothing back. That is a criminal. That is a criminal exchange. Now, that takes two people to be involved in criminal exchange. There's the people who cause the criminal exchange, and they're the people who are the value beneficiaries of a criminal exchange. In this case, the first man with the pen, he was the value beneficiary of the criminal exchange. But the second man created the criminal because he didn't set up the proper um, the proper metrics to make sure that that wouldn't happen. Now, let me give you some other examples of criminal exchange. Coaches, and of which I am one, and maybe you are too, coaches, when they give free advice or sessions without receiving anything in return, that's a criminal exchange. Now, if you're giving something to someone, if you're giving away free coaching, that is a gift. But if you're constantly giving advice, free sessions, you know, somebody calls you, hey, can I pick your brain for a while? Which, by the way, stop ever saying pick your brain. Nobody likes that phrase. But, and we certainly don't want our brain picked. But, but if they say, well, I'm going to pick your brain. I want to get your advice. And you as a coach give it. And there is no exchange. You're creating a criminal. What about service companies who provide a free initial service call, but then there's no follow-up service by the customer later. The customer never calls back. They just took advantage of the free service call. Well, the service company is creating criminals. And the person who takes the free service call and never calls them back for any follow-up service, they're, they're the criminal. In that. What about uh, individuals who exploit free coupons without becoming regular customers? I know I've done this in the past. I've been the criminal in this situation, but the frozen yogurt place that I really liked did all these groupons for free frozen yogurt. And I would go get my free frozen yogurt and only go when I got free stuff. And eventually the frozen yogurt place went out of business. Why? Because they created criminals. And I was one of those. Now, did that make me a criminal in the legal sense? Certainly not. But I was participating in a criminal exchange. And that is never going to leave us, lead us to a life of abundance, to a life of wealth, to a life of impact. Because the consequences of criminal exchange are relationship rifts, skepticism, resentment, and in the case of the frozen yogurt store, going out of business. So criminal exchange is one of the four levels of exchange. And I know that perhaps you've been a criminal or have caused criminals to happen in some exchanges in your business. And you might want to take some time to consider how you can fix that. But let's go to the second level of exchange and that's partial exchange. So we got criminal and then partial. So partial exchange is when one person completely fulfills his obligation as agreed, but then only returns partial value. So some examples of partial exchange would be paying for a car wash, but receiving a partially washed car without rectification. And this is actually something I hate personally. You know, there's car washes on every every corner where I live in the Nashville, Tennessee area. There's car washes everywhere. They're everywhere. And so if I pay the 15 bucks to go through the car wash and I come out on the other side, my wheels are still dirty. There's still bird crap on the windshield. And I go to the manager and say, hey man, like my car is still dirty. He can say, hey, you paid for a $15 wash. You got a $15 ride through the car wash. That's it. Well, that's a partial exchange. Yes, I paid $15, but I paid for a clean car. I didn't pay for a trip through the car wash, but that is a partial exchange. Now, there are many other types of partial exchange. Perhaps you give $100,000 worth of service or product to someone, but they only pay 70. You know, that is also a partial exchange. So partial is when the value given by each party does not match, where one party shorts the other party. So if we if we look at that, what are some consequences of this? Well, some of the consequences of this is that we could um, 
you know, have dissatisfied customers who won't go back to the car wash, which is, happens a lot. I mean, you've probably experienced that, right? You go to a restaurant, for example, you go to a place of business and you sit down to have a meal, you pay money and you feel like you got gypped, like something in that didn't make sense. I didn't get what I paid for. What happens? You don't go back. You might leave a negative review. That's what happens with partial exchange. You could damage your business reputation. And many people today are only providing partial exchange in their businesses. And it might be intentional. It may be unintentional. It doesn't matter. It's still happening. A lot of people have a tendency to overpromise and under, under deliver, and that's not good. I think, I think realtors right now, if you're a realtor, listen to this, that's you. Like, do you know how many realtors overpromise and under deliver? And it's not just realtors. That's just the example that came to mind. But what are you promising and then not delivering? What about mortgage companies, realtors? What about bankers? What about loan officers? What about uh, what about repair men or repair services coming to fix your toilet or something? They overpromise, we'll get it fixed, and then they underdeliver. The toilet still leaks. What about somebody mowing your lawn? They say, yeah, we'll mow it every week, and then they they don't show up for every ten or eleven days, and your yard looks like junk. And in the neighborhood, starting to ask questions about what's going on. Stop doing the partial exchange. And despite a lot of good intentions, sometimes we just do deliver partial exchange and that's not good. So the question is, what happens if you've done that? What happens if you've offered or, or, or delivered partial exchange with your customers or clients? Well, here's what's going to happen to your business if that's happened. First, it's going to be very difficult, you have to understand, to grow a substantial business if you're only doing partial exchange. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's, 
Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story, that's S-T-O-R-Y-Y, for 10% off your first three months to try Story out. You're going to thank me later. I love talking about this sponsor because it's oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows or have sponsors and they either don't use them or they might have used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. <laughs> and, and certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But this sponsor, this one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Two Ys, why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos that get responses, that people go, ooh, I want to talk to that. If you want to know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you. They'll write the captions. They'll add the relevant hashtags. They put it on the platforms that you care about the most. And after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you want to target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes a headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. And I've been using them for a long time. And I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast. And they're also the exclusive sponsor of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two Ys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link, therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. And we know this happens every day in the fast food industry. There's partial exchange. Uh, we know it ha- the food industry is a really great example of that. So a lot of partial exchange, but service industries, partial exchange. I mean, the bar is set so low. I, one of the companies I own is an electrical contracting company, so I know. But the bar is set so low in service companies. All you have to do is do what you say, and you're head and shoulders above everybody else. Yet that doesn't happen. I mean, we... We live in, uh, I live in a rental house here in Gallatin, Tennessee, just north of Nashville. And so our landlord, who is absolutely terrible, first key homes, never rent from these guys. That um, they, you know, we've got like a toilet was leaking. We got a hot water heater that's leaking. And we're in a relatively nice new home, newer home anyway. And and they they sent out these service people. Oh yeah, we can fix it. Man, nothing's been fixed. They replaced the water heater. It's still leaking. Like the bar is set so low. Because these people are continuing to deliver partial exchange and it's damaging their their business relationship. I mean, for what I pay in rent, I should have a fair exchange. I should be able to have everything work in this house as much money as I'm paying for rent. But yet that doesn't happen. And so there's damaged relationships, damaged business reputation, et cetera. I just blew them up right here on this podcast. Don't ever rent from first key homes. They're terrible. They're absolutely horrible. Their, their processes and systems have completely been uh, devoid of any customer experience. And so that's an example of a negative partial exchange. So people who are doing this are going to run the risk of long-term losing business credibility and maybe even going out of business. 
So here's what you got to do to make that right. First of all, you need to review the rate of exchange that you're using with your employees, your vendors, and your, your customers and say, okay, are we delivering fair exchange? I think if anybody at First Keys listen to this, you need to examine, are you delivering a fair exchange with your clients and your renters? No, you're not, at least not from my perspective. And maybe I'm an anomaly. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But but it's not just me. I'm certain of that. What about what a, what are you delivering to be a fair exchange, which we'll talk about in the next level here. But where there's a partial exchange, what can you do to bring it up to fair exchange as soon as possible? Is there something you could do to say, you know what? I didn't really deliver what I was supposed to. Let me let me get that up to the next level. I'll give you another example uh, from my experience. I just had a, I bought a new uh, Harley Pan America, a new adventure bike, the dealership that I bought it from. Otherwise, other than this story, did a fantastic job, but I had a quick shifter installed uh, before I bought it, which was, you know, 500 bucks to put that on there. So you don't have to use the clutch when you shift as you're moving. Well, it doesn't work. But I told them and I said, Hey, you know, it doesn't work. I paid you X number of dollars to do this. It doesn't work. Oh, it works. Okay. So they think that it works, but I am the writer. I can tell you it doesn't work. So that is a partial exchange. It, it, I paid and I got it installed, but it doesn't work right. So what we have to do as business owners, we got to analyze what are we delivering partial exchange on and bring that up. Now let's go back to the story of the pen. So these two men are sitting at the table and the one man has the pen. The other man wants to buy the pen. Let's say, for example, they agree on the $500 sale price. The first the, or the second man gives the $500 bills over to the first man who had the pen. And the man said, you're, you want to buy the pen, right? And the second man said, yeah, I want to buy the pen. And so the, the first man takes the cap off the pen, takes the cap off the pen. If you're watching this on, on YouTube, I have a pen here and I'm illustrating this, takes the cap off the pen and hands the man, the pen puts the cap in his pocket, takes the $500 and walks away. That is a partial exchange. Now, technically, this thing right here without the cap is a pen. And the thing that I'm holding in my other hand is a pen cap. It's not a pen, but we would expect that a fair exchange would include this whole thing. But in that story of the pen, that illustrates a partial exchange and businesses are doing this way too much. This happens way more often than any of us care to admit. And we need to correct that as soon as possible. Now let's go to the third level of exchange. We had criminal exchange. We have partial exchange. Now let's talk about fair exchange. And now this is the one that we all are going to know immediately. This is how God hardwired us. It's a, a, a definition of a fair exchange is a balanced and equitable exchange of value. It, it's providing your customers or clients with an amount of value that was promised and paid for. And this is the normal expected mode of business throughout the world. Like I said, we are hardwired by God for fair exchange. Even kids understand fair exchange. They may be selfish, little babies, little toddlers, they may be selfish, but they understand at some point that I give you one, you give me one. I give you two, you give me two. I give you three, you give me three. We understand fair exchange. And those who consistently seek to not provide fair exchange are criminals. Like if they're just trying to figure out, hey, I want to give, but I don't want to, or I want to get, but I don't want to give. Those are criminals. Fair exchange is what we all want. It's what we desire. And you can think of a dozen examples of fair exchange. Fair exchange, I, you know, Zig Ziglar said a long time ago, nobody's going to pay $100 for something they think is worth 10 But a fair exchange is this. If I present a product or service to you and say it's worth $100 and you see the value as 100 that's a fair exchange once you give me the 100 and I give you the thing. But value is the predominant indicator in the, of the ability to provide fair exchange, this word value. 
And the word value is defined as uh, the monetary worth of something, or it could be defined as the relative worth or utility or importance. I mean, think about it. You, you have things you've spent money on that your wife wouldn't spend money on or the same amount or your husband. Uh, I've bought things that you wouldn't spend money on. Like I just spent, you know, a lot of money on a new motorcycle, but a lot of people go, that was a dumb expense. I wouldn't do that. So value is an eye of the beholder, of course, but in an exchange, value has to be agreed upon by both parties in order for there to be a fair exchange. I was just talking with a potential client over the last couple of weeks about hiring me to be uh, a coach and in order for that decision to come through, she has to agree that the my charge for my services are equal to the value she thinks she'll get. And once we come to an agreement on that, then a fair exchange can happen. And you're the same thing in whatever business you're in. If you're selling something for $1,000 that every person who comes in the store only sees as value as $100, you're not going to be in business very long. You've got to set up fair exchange. And if your customers are continuing to receive a partial exchange, maybe it's because you're not demonstrating value and it's you, your, the impetus is on you to explain that value more. Where there could be perceived as a partial exchange might just be your fault at not explaining the value. And I want to give an illustration about value that I think was a really good story. You might have heard this before. But once upon a time, there was this father, a wise father who wanted to teach his daughter the importance of recognizing her true value. To reward her for graduating with honors, he decided to give her a car that he had acquired many years ago. And the car was, of course, old, uh, several years old. It appeared worn out on the outside. But the father, of course, he knew the hidden worth or the value of this car. So he called his daughter and he presented her with a car. And he said, but before I give you this car... I want you to visit some different places to see how they value this car. And I want you to start off by taking it to the pawn shop downtown. So the daughter's like, well, this is great. I'm getting a free car. It's kind of old. It's not very good looking. It's dusty and it's kind of, it's kind of worn out. It looks so okay. So she takes it down to the pawn shop and, and uh, the pawnbroker examined the vehicle and it, it's faded exterior. And he said, looks and I'll give you a few hundred bucks for it. So the daughter goes back home and he, she says to her dad, Hey, the pawn, pawn shop said they'd only give me a few hundred bucks. So the dad, the dad says, there's more to discover. I want you to take the car to a used car lot downtown. And I want you to see what they would offer you for this car. So the daughter being, you know, she just wants the car, of course, and she's got to follow her dad's instructions before it becomes hers. So the daughter followed her dad's advice. She drove down to the used car lot. She spoke to the salesman, explained her intention to sell the car. And after inspecting the vehicle, the salesman said, I'll give you a thousand bucks. And he explained, hey, it's worn out. You know, it's it has diminished value. It's older. Nah. So still determined, the daughter goes back to the father and says, hey, this is what happened. And he said, hey, you're on the right path. But there's more to the story. Now I want you to take this down on Saturday morning. There's a coffee and cars. The local car club's coming in. I want you to go down there, take the car, and see how they value it. So excited to explore this further. The daughter drove the car to this local car club where the enthusiasts were all gathered that Saturday morning for cars and coffee. And as soon as she arrived, all the car enthusiasts recognized the vehicle. It was a Nissan Skyline R34 an iconic and sought after car among collectors and their eyes widened with excitement. And they approached the daughter expressing their interest in buying the car. 
An offer started pouring and reaching as high as a hundred thousand dollars and overwhelmed by this sudden appreciation for the car that she had considered really old and worn out. The daughter realized the profound lesson that her father had taught her. It wasn't about the car's appearance. It wasn't about the initial offers. It was about finding the right place where her true value would be recognized. And so with this newfound wisdom, the daughter returned home. She shared her story with her father and he nodded with satisfaction. He said to her, remember, my dear, the right place will value in the right way. And if you're not valued, don't be angry. It means you're in the wrong place. And those who know your value are those who appreciate you. Never stay in a place where they don't see your value. And I think that's a fantastic story about explaining value. And I can think about the conversation I've been having with a recent potential client. And obviously that lady didn't see my value, which is why we didn't proceed forward. Now, whose fault is that? It's my fault. I didn't explain the value, but I'm not going to get mad about that. Somebody doesn't see my value. I'll move on to a place where they do. Now let's go back to the story of the pen. Now those two men sitting at the airport at the table, the second man wants to buy the pen. They agree on $500. He hands in the $500 bill and the first man hands in the pen and they shake hands. The deal is done. That is a fair exchange. Both men completely fulfilled their obligations when one paid and the other gave the pen. That is a fair exchange. Now that may be the end of the story in most places. And maybe that's how you operate your business. It's just on fair exchange. But what I'm about to teach you in this fourth level of exchange is where you can double your revenue. This is where you can double it without spending any new overhead, with any new money, with any new marketing. This is where the magic happens. And this is in the fourth level of exchange. This is abundance exchange. Now, the definition of abundance exchange is when you provide your customer or your client with additional value that is more than what was originally promised and paid for. Now, let me say that again. This is when you provide your customer or your client with additional value that is more than what was originally promised or paid for. Now, abundance exchange, of course, has to start with fair exchange. You have to have two parties who exchange equal value back and forth. Then, once a fair exchange is established, one of the parties adds value to the other, either at that time or a later date. That is when abundance exchange happens. Now that has to be unbeknownst to the other party. It can't be tied to any term upon which the seller will receive additional compensation. Now it, it, let's, let's think about this. So if, if I say to you, Hey, if you buy now, I'll also throw in blah, blah, blah. That's not abundance exchange because the person who hasn't bought yet is looking at all the additional value they get for, for the thing that they're going to buy. This is part of their decision-making process. But if you offered something and they purchase, and then after the fact, without anybody knowing, you say, hey, you know what? I'm going to throw in this extra stuff. That is an abundance exchange. That is a little extra thrown on top. I think in, in the Cajun country, they call it lanyap, which is a little extra, just a little extra that gets thrown on top that nobody expected it just gets added on top of that. I can think about times when I've worked with business coaches in the past as a client and I pay for their services, they deliver the services, yet there are times when the, the business coach would give me more. They'd call back and say, hey, I want to meet with you one more time. I know this is beyond the scope of the, of the deal, but I just want to do this for you because I like you and I want to see you succeed. That's an abundance exchange. 
Now, abundance exchange makes a much, much deeper impact than just fair exchange because we all expect fair exchange. What we don't expect is abundance exchange, and that's why it makes such a big impact. And when you experience abundance exchange, you're going to typically go out of your way to tell others, and you'll become a free advertisement for the person who did the abundance exchange. So you, you bought something of value, you like it. But then because they came back with an abundance exchange, you're like telling everybody now with that, whether they ask or not, <clears throat> you know, it'd be like this. If I had a guy who mows my yard for me and he does a good job and I pay him a good, you know, a fair amount, and there's a fair exchange. If somebody says to me, Hey, Jason, who, who do you have mow your grass? I would say this, this company. But if I had a lawnmower, which I don't have, if I had a lawnmower who mowed my grass and I paid him to mow the grass, but every once in a while he says, hey, man, I'm going to offer you free overseeding treatment or I'm going to come in and cut all these bushes for you. No additional charge. You know what's going to happen now? I'm not going to wait for people to ask who mows your grass. I'm going to go to my neighbors and man, you got to work with my guy. He is amazing. That's what abundance exchange can do. And it can double your revenue without you spending any extra money. All you did is spend a little extra time going doing something a little bit extra. And it stands to reason if you do this for other people, if you are in that situation where you received abundance exchange and you would go tell people about this person, they're going to do it for you too, as long as you deliver an abundance exchange. Now let's go back to the story of the pen. Remember the story of the pen. Now let's pretend that a fair exchange has happened. The $500 is given, the pen has been given to the second man. They shake hands, they exchange you know, contact information. They like doing business with each other. They, they become become friends. But let's pretend for a minute that the first man, right before he gets up to go to his gate to get on his plane, says, you know what? I really enjoyed meeting you today. And it's nice to meet people like you that we can do business with and we can keep our word. He goes, I'm going to show you something. And he pulls a money clip with money out of his pocket and he pulls the money clip off and just holds the money clip up by himself. He said, this money clip actually was a matching set with that pen. I want you to have it too. It was a nice money clip, diamond encrusted carbon fiber. Very, very cool looking. And the second man's like, no, 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 no. I, let me pay you for that extra. He goes, nope, nope. I want you to have it. I want you to have this. So he gives them the money clip. They shake hands and they part ways. The first man just delivered an abundance exchange. Now, before the abundance exchange, it is likely that these two men would stay in touch. It's likely that they would probably refer people to one another on the occasion when it was appropriate. But now that abundance exchange has happened, what's almost guaranteed to happen is that that second man, every time he uses the pen and, and looks at that money clip, he is going to actively remember and promote the first man. So if he comes across anybody He's going to say, man, if you, you need to do business with so-and-so, I met him at the airport. Let me tell you this story. You should do business with him. And that first man is going to get tons of business all because of an abundance exchange. You know, fair exchange is going to create satisfied customers who reactively promote your business. But abundance exchange is going to create walking billboards. People are going to proactively promote your business and they're going to become fanatical customers of yours, not just satisfied customers. That's where abundance exchange, this law of exchange really starts making something amazing happen in your business. So this is not just the law of reciprocity here. This is the law of exchange and abundance exchange can be accomplished very easily by offering a small token of gratitude to someone, showing them appreciation for who they are as a person, giving them just a little extra. And it doesn't require you spending a lot of large sum of money on this. It doesn't create the need for expensive gifts. I mean, it could be flowers, candy, or even a simple card 
that could help accomplish abundance exchange between you and your clients. As long as it's not their birthday, anniversary, or tired to, tied to another important event, people expect that. Those are gifts. But it, could there be an abundance exchange that you could start giving to your customers? And that gesture needs to come from a place of gratitude. It needs to come from a place of true gratitude that will simply show them how much we care about them. And it's not about giving an abundance exchange so that you can broker additional value later down the road. This is about truly coming to a place where you want to give because you are happy to have done business with that person. So what level of exchange are you offering in your business and in your life? Now, likely it's everyone's first reaction to say, well, I always offer fair exchange. I always, always do that. Well, but after deep contemplation, you might decide that you've unknowingly offered partial exchange to people and you didn't even know it. And knowing that provides you with the opportunity to go and rectify it. And that is surely going to be able to change the nature of your business and expedite your journey to make the impact in the world that you truly want to make. So I want you to incorporate this law of exchange in your daily life, in your relationships, especially in your business. Embrace the power of fair and reciprocal exchanges where both parties benefit and both parties can thrive and seek out opportunities where you can provide value and generosity in your interactions, fostering positive and meaningful relationships where you go above and beyond. And remember, the more you give, the more you receive. The law of exchange can guide you and your actions to transform your personal, professional interactions. Now, I want you to remember this too. Bob Proctor taught me this, is that just because you give to someone, even abundance exchange doesn't mean that the reciprocation is going to come from the person you gave it to. But you can be sure of this. When you give an abundance exchange, it will come back to you. It just might not come back to you from the person you did it through. Don't conflate that. You got to remember that the law of exchange is a universal law that applies to everyone. And when you continually give a fair and then an abundance exchange, it will be returned to you. Pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. That's how this universe works. That's how God created this. And you're going to experience that as well. So as we conclude this show today, talking about the law of exchange, I want to reflect on the words of Ralph Waldo, Waldo Emerson, where he said this. He said, the only true gift is a portion of thyself. So I encourage you to embody the spirit of abundance and reciprocity, to recognize that the, the true essence of exchange lies not just in the tangible goods and services that we offer, but, but in the connections that we forge and the impact that we make on other people. You know, and I, I think, I want to encourage you to embrace this, to embrace this transformative power of fair exchange and generosity. And in doing so, we together can create a world where abundance flows freely, where relationships flourish and where our collective potential is unleashed. Thank you for listening to this show today. And I hope that the law of exchange can guide your path to greatness. Thank you for listening. And I appreciate it very much. And as a request for fair exchange, as I offer value to you through this podcast, I would request a couple of things. Number one, would you please go subscribe to the podcast? Make sure that you're subscribed on whatever podcast player that you listen to and, and be notified. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to my channel, hit the bell icon so you're notified. But my second request would be, if you believe you're getting value from this podcast, please click the review button and leave me a five-star review. That helps me get further up into the rankings so that my podcast gets in front of more people just like you. 
So thank you for listening today. I hope that this has been a really good, informative, and maybe impactful lesson for you to change the way that you do business. Tune in again next time when I either dive into something like this or I talk to a very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, as always, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.